Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Holland. Welcome to another one. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by FreeAgent, the online accounting software that puts you in control of your freelancer finances. To claim your one-month free trial, visit freeagent.com slash beingfreelance. And support also comes from With Jack. They help keep you in business by supporting you financially or legally if you have problems with a client. Get the freelance insurance you deserve. A With Jack policy starts at just £14 a month and with zero cancellation fees and monthly plans, you have complete control over your protection. Visit withjack.co.uk and be a confident freelancer. And right now, let's find out what it's like being freelance for children's picture book author and illustrator, Maddie Frost. I was sort of in like a funk and my husband, he asked me this million dollar question. He just said, well, what is it you really want to be doing? Matter of factly, I just replied, I want to just be making picture books. Once your hobby becomes your profession, it's kind of like, there's sort of like a sadness of like, well, what do I do for fun? (laughs) My marketing strategy is to just to keep working. I really believe that if I just stay focused, the clients and the jobs will follow. Yeah, so there is Maddie. Honestly, if you don't follow illustrators on you know twitter or instagram or whatever you are missing out on a slice of joy in your life (laughs) i'm not very artistic myself um but one of the great things that has come out of doing this podcast is following illustrators because it just brings a smile to my face whenever i see their work and maddie is somebody who i love to follow on twitter and very excited to hear her story very soon that coming up in a moment she joins very nearly 200 guests at beingfreelance.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Please make sure you've hit subscribe. If you enjoy this, leave uh, a review uh, because next week will be episode 200. We will be recording it live at the Freelancers Christmas Party hosted by Underpinned in London. If you've got a ticket, I look forward to seeing you there. We record it on the Friday and then it will be published wherever you get your podcasts on the Sunday. Episode 200, just before Christmas. Can't quite believe it, but it is coming up very soon indeed. And what I asked is like, if you had, uh, a, I don't know, a favourite episode of Being Freelance from over the past five years, that, you know, an episode which really made an impact or maybe a sequence of them that made a difference to your career or your life, then I would really appreciate it if you consider writing a blog post, no more than 200 words, because it's 200 episodes, uh, about that, sharing them at beingfreelance.com. I'm going to pick one of the people who have been writing them and give them a six-month biscuit subscription, seems apt, for next year. (laughs) So in 2020, each month, they will get a box of biscuits. What episode or episodes have made a difference to you? No more than 200 words uh, as we approach episode 200 next week. But right now, let's crack on and speak to this week's guest for episode 199. And that is children's picture book author and illustrator and professional smiler, Maddie Frost. Hey, Maddie. Yay. Hello. How are you? I'm excited. (laughs) Your illustrations have brightened up my Twitter feed for long they're just for you I just that's all it's for (laughs) yeah I'm excited to find out how you got there though like so how did you get started being freelance well let's see so I grew up um just like loving cartoons and animated movies and I grew up in the 90s so like (laughs) the content for like cartoons on Nickelodeon were um just like endless and and so I think I had a love for 
for characters and and art at a young age. And I didn't really understand what that meant. I just knew that I liked drawing and I liked there's something about characters that really excited me. <laughs> Flash forward a bunch of years, I went to art school in Boston. I studied animation. So I got to really learn even more about characters and storytelling. And I learned how long animation actually takes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so after I graduated college, I didn't really know what I should do. And I think in my head, <laughs> I thought, oh, I can just like, you know, as soon as I graduate, I can just like walk over to like Disney and be like, hey, I'm done with college. Please hire me. <laughs> <laughs> um but it, it's really, it, I just, I don't think I was prepared for how um, complicated and hard that whole industry was. And it's so competitive. And, and so I just did, I was, I, I wasn't sure. So I moved back home and I ended up teaching art at some local like art centers. I really liked working with kids. And so I really did think that like teaching was my calling and it was my path because I just started to fall in love with it. I was good at it too. And I, and I really liked it and I have the personality for working with kids. And, and so I think that that's just sort of what I thought I was always going to be doing. Um, but I still, I still was making art, you know, on the side for fun as a, as a hobby. <laughs> Again, flash forward, life happens. And then I married <laughs> or I was engaged at the time. Um, and I was working at a school and I'll never forget my husband and I, I was just like, I don't know, I think I was just sort of like feeling a little burnt out with teaching and I was sort of in like a funk <laughs> and my husband were eating dinner and, and, you know, he's asking me like, you know, you don't seem super enthused lately about, about work. And, and so he's like, he asked me this million dollar question and it's so simple and it, and I'll never forget. And he just said, well, what is it you really want to be doing? And at a matter of factly, I just replied, oh, I want to just be making picture books um, and I had always, you know, loved books. And whenever I would go into bookstores, I would always just like, just linger in the children's book section and just like swoon over all of the, the amazing artists. And it's such a, an amazing way to tell stories. And, um, and so I, I didn't know that I had that like dream kind of like buried sort of in me. It was like the dust had covered it somehow with life. And, and so I, it all just became really clear. My whole life kind of like came into perspective that night over dinner. And so he was like, okay, well, what are we going to do about that? And so we like started to hash things out. We, and we like, you know, we got more wine <laughs> and started to start <laughs> as you do when you try when you're at a crossroads in your life um, and trying to figure things out. And so I, yeah, and the rest of it kind of, it, it's going to sound really weird when I say it, but it, it all happened just like this. So that night I called my boss and I, I said, I'm not coming back because it was the summer. And so I was working at the summer camp that the school provides during the summertime. Um, and I just said, like, I'm, I'm not coming back in the fall, but I'll finish the rest of the summer. Um, and I quit. <laughs> so I, I quit my teaching job and it was really scary and I said, okay, well, I'm going to give myself like X amount of time to, to try and check all the boxes to try and get on this picture book making path. And I had no idea what I was supposed to be. I don't, I didn't know what that looked like. Um, I took, uh, hang <laughs> go on, to stop hang me. On. Sorry, go, I was go, gonna, go, go, go. First of all, go, go. I love this so much. Oh my God. <laughs> what if yeah. you two 
hadn't have been sitting down talking, but instead, I don't know, we're watching Survivor on TV exactly. or Grey's Anatomy and totally. we're too busy going, oh, what about Meredith? And instead of worrying about yourselves, what a question he asked you. It is. I know. And I honestly wow. say like, and he will deny this, but I really don't know if I would be do- where I am right now if he hadn't asked me that question. And it's such a powerful question. And, and I ask it and I like yeah. say it all the time now to people who are in similar situations, like, what is it you really want to do? And it's, and it's, yeah, it's, it is very surreal. <laughs> um, and we still go back and we talk about that night, how like, you know, it was just everything changed. Oh, you guys, I want to hug you uh- both. <laughs> So, yeah, I know. Okay, so you've got all that wine, you've phoned up, and you've quit your job. I quit but, my job, I know, and I woke up the next but, morning like, what the heck did I just, <laughs> oh my gosh, okay, we're doing this. But at this point, obviously, you, you enjoy illustrating, but you've never drawn a picture book Mm-mm. as part of your hobby, no, right? And no. you don't, I mean, were you sharing illustrations on, I don't know, on instagram and calling yourself an illustrator or like do you know where were you in that respect Mm -hmm. yeah i was like making like um you know fun like kind of like how i sometimes will share on twitter like i'll just make like little spot arts like little fun caricatures and i would i was on twitter and i was sharing stuff and i was starting to connect and follow people that i thought like really interesting artists of all kinds um and lots of picture book people so I had like a teeny tiny, like, I guess you could call it a portfolio. I had a folder full of work that I made um, on the side for fun. So I had this like small body of work and I was like, okay, well, I knew that I needed an agent, the magical A word. <laughs> I started doing some research and then this is weird, but um, I was following an amazing picture book artist named Julia Patton. <laughs> And I really was gravitated to her work. And I just like, I don't know. Do you know when like you don't know somebody, but you just like feel a kindredness um, mm. that draws you to them, whether it be like their art or their, the funny things that they say. And it could be on social media. Or it could just be a stranger that you're just like, I just, um, I don't know. It was a weird gut thing that I just felt this connection. And I didn't, I had no idea who she was, but I just really liked her and I liked her her post and her art and so I reached out to her on Twitter and I sent her a message and I just said hey like I'm looking to possibly maybe get representation with the same agent um it was bright group she was upright at the time and I'm still upright but I reached out and she kind of like took me under her wing and was like you know here's what you need to do and kind of explained sort of the process and so I did all those things and I shortly after heard back and I got representation. And so everything else is just like a whirlwind. So it really happened. And for me, I was just so lucky. I know it's not like this for a lot of people. Um, but it was just like, bing, bang, boom. I quit my job. I reached out to try and get an agent. I got an agent. And then I just hit the ground running. And I haven't wow. stopped working for four years. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. And I, I'm not even exaggerating. Like, I wish it sounds really weird coming out of my mouth. Like, oh, I just woke up one morning and got an eight. No, but like, I don't know. I think it was just like, I was always meant to be on this path. And it was just like, the universe just took me and propelled me forward. I just had to make the choice. How <laughs> long was it between like, opening that bottle of wine? 
<laughs> and opening an envelope saying that you've got an agent. How long was that? Oh, man. Um, let me try to remember. It was probably like less than a month. Wow. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, getting an agent is one thing, but then mm-hmm. they've got to get you work and then True. I don't know how it works. You know, it's going to be a while till you get paid. So, so how did True. it look for you when you started st- started out? Oh, well, I had no idea. I had no idea what, how to make a, I had no idea the process. It took a while to get my first project. It maybe it took like maybe a two, one to three months to actually get a first paying project. And it was a small project as it should be because I had n- never done this before. And I'm glad um, I kind of like worked my way to doing bigger projects. And it was just like some smaller projects. And, and I was, I told myself that like, no matter what came in, I would just say yes. Um, and I think that's so important to just, I really wanted to do this and I, w- I didn't want to have any other side like hustles. <laughs> I just wanted to make books. I didn't want to have to do another job. And, and I, my whole focus was to just try and make a living out of this. So I said yes to absolutely everything that came into my inbox. And it was some things that were really out of my comfort zone, but I did them anyway. And just kind of like making it up as I went along and, and just trying to do what I thought was I don't know, like what they wanted. And, and so, yeah, so lots of smaller projects and, you know, my husband and I talked like, okay, well, we'll, we'll give it like X amount of time. If it's not going to, if it's not kind of like working out or you're not happy or we'll just figure out another plan. And I agreed, but I just really wanted this to happen. So that was even more of like fuel to just be like, all right, I'm just going to keep on, (laughs) I'm going to just keep on taking anything that comes in because we're going to make this happen. And it, it has to it has to work. And so all of your work was coming via the agency? Uh, yeah. Was it all books or when you say smaller projects, mm. was it, um, I don't know, products? What kind of thing? Yeah, like I did a couple holiday cards, um, a couple holiday card designs. Um, but they're mostly like some smaller like educational books, um, some like religious-y kind of books, um, just stuff that I had no idea what, I was doing but the great thing about that is I was I was just like learning as I go and I was really able to hone my and like develop my own style and learn what I didn't like doing what I liked doing and I think that Mm. you know and with every project I learned about myself and I learned about um yeah I grew as an artist with each project and I kind of tried not to overthink things and get attached to certain things or certain projects and just kind of roll with it <laughs> and and see where it took me. And, and here I am. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. And how were you at sort of like managing your time? Yeah. Oh man, that's really hard. I still am struggling with time management. So in the beginning, when I was first doing this, there were, you know, we have deadlines as, as artists and I, I would work like, through the night because I just was so intent on like making sure everything was perfect and done, you know, right on time. And, and that's really great, but I wasn't taking care of myself. And, and so my husband would be getting up in the morning and I would be like, just going to bed. <laughs> and that really started to take a toll. And I got really burnt out really quickly. And it was, I had to check in with myself when I had to say, okay, well, I'm going to be doing this, you know, for the long haul. I really have to I have to map out, you know, some time for self-care and 
Anyway, it's taken me a long time to figure out time management, but every year I think I refine sort of what works for me just by like trial and error, you know, and setting reasonable goals because it's really easy to just be like, I'm going to get, you know, five illustration pages done today. And then I only, you know, it's like, then I feel terrible for not even getting halfway through one (laughs) and it's like six o'clock, my husband's home and that. Yeah. So, um, I just, I try to block off time, reasonable time. I figured out when I work best and it's usually in the morning. So if I just kind of like block off my time and I say, I'm going to work, you know, on X for from nine to like noon, take a break and then kind of finish up or just basically set reasonable goals and pick a time that I stop working um, to try and separate working from relaxing because working from home is really hard. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so I don't know if I answered your question. I'm just talking a lot. Sorry, just just stop me anytime. I get excited. I'm also talking, I'm also in my closet right now. How's my sound, by the way? (laughs) Are you really? I really, I really am. I know. So I'm just like amongst my clothes in the closet, like (laughs) rambling about my life on the floor. The sound is brilliant. Oh, it does good. Work. I'm so happy because, you know, I listen to podcasts. I know that sounds important. <laughs> uh, I'm in an echoey co workspace. You know, it doesn't sound as good as when I'm at home. It's not. That's as okay. But when you're working from home, do, do you have your own space? I do. Um, I do have a room, and it's really nice having a space that I can just like leave and close the door if I need to, or go in and close the door if I need to. But I, it wasn't always that way. The first year that I, I did this. We were living in like a tiny matchbox like apartment and it was probably the size of your living room. It was the test of our marriage, (laughs) the test that we could be married. (laughs) And it was just, I had a corner and I was really just grateful for just being able to just do it. So I, I I would have worked um, on the floor or wherever, but yeah, so I do have a room and it, it does help a little bit, but it still feels like when I'm home and I'm still struggling with this, I have a hard time separating when I can just relax and when I should be working. Um, Mm. And so this is weird, but sometimes I will like schedule, I'll go to like, um, like a yoga class or like, I'll do something at night where I have to like leave the house. So like I'll work and then like maybe up in like until five o'clock and then I'll go to like a yoga class or I'll go and grab like a couple groceries or I'll get in my car and leave the house. And then I purposely just come back home and like walk in the door <laughs> to feel like I'm done. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it actually really works. It's it's awesome. And then I feel like, oh, like I'm home now. <laughs> and you don't let yourself sneak back in. That's it. I don't. I don't. Yeah, um, that's good. Trying to practice more self-control and not, you know, go back into my workspace and, and tinker with things. And like, I think we're always working secretly in our heads. You know, we're always like trying to figure out problems or are working on an idea or and that's always going so even when we're not actually physically at our workspace we're still we're still always kind of working but it's more of just the mindset that like I can just be on the couch and relax and and I can and that's okay (laughs) I don't have to feel guilty for relaxing and so when you started out you were saying yes to everything has that changed over time yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the result of a lot of hard work. And I've gotten myself to a place where I feel, you know, financially stable enough to be able to say, 
and like authentically, like I feel like I've been able to figure out who I am uh, and I'm still learning and I'm still freaking out and I grow like, changes every year. But I think through all these projects, I've been able to sort of see myself a little clear and hear my own voice a little clear, um, especially as a storyteller and as a writer. So I feel like now I know what feels a little more authentic to my, um, my picture book path. And it could just be, you know, this doesn't fit into my schedule and I don't have, if I could clone myself, I could probably take the job, but I don't, I, <laughs> there's only one of me. So I, there's not enough time. And sometimes it's just a matter of feeling like it's just not the right project for me, you know? Mm. Obviously you described yourself as an author illustrator. Mm-hmm. So at some point you started writing your own stuff rather than just illustrating for other people. Yeah. And I, and I think that's always where I knew I, I was headed because I wanted to sort of make the art that I wanted to make and, and the characters that I wanted to make. And I just believe that I could do it. And I feel like if other people are writing books and I can write books, <laughs> it can't be that hard. It's actually really, it's really hard, but. Um, <laughs> were, were you doing that like in, like in your own time, even though all of the time is your own time? Was mm, it like a. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think I just started to play. I started to play and started to write down different stories. And I just, I just kept, I just kept writing stories and they were like really not there. I mean, like, I don't want to say bad because they were just like, I don't know. They were just not strong enough or maybe I needed to just, I just needed more practice. And so I just kept writing and eventually I had some, you know, a few story finished, you know, manuscripts and I, kind of sent them, you know, my agent helped me take care of them. And we kind of started to put them out into the world and, and see what came back. And, and I've, I've just kept doing that. Um, and my stories get rejected all the time and, and some things work and some things don't, but that doesn't stop me from writing. And I, I really do just, I write for the, I create just for the love of creating stories. A goal is not to just be published. It's just, I just really genuinely love writing stories. And so the more I do it, I feel like, anyway, I just, I just keep creating. So in this four year journey, when did you get your first book mm. published as your own book? Mm. That's a great question. <laughs> I think it was, I want to say maybe 2000. So I started in 2013. I think it was 2014 maybe. And that was Once Upon a Z. Oh, that must've felt so cool to finally have your own book. I know it, it was, it was really cool. Very surreal. And do you, do you have to go out and do like, I don't know, events or things like that? Or do you stick to your house? I do. Well, so like, again, going back into like time management, like what is worth, I've learned this the hard way. What is worth my time? What is worth things that take me away from working? And so, yeah, like, of course I will do, you know, I think being out and reading and connecting to local bookstores and, and educators and librarians and so that to me is really I love that um and getting back into the classroom and sharing my work and sharing my my stories and my books and I feel like that's a huge part of of my job is to connect to my audience I do make time for that but not to the point where I feel like I'm overloaded and I'm exhausted so I just try to like balance out you know how much time I, I actually am out there kind of sharing and promoting versus how much time I'm actually you know back home and working but I love that part about my job is just kind of when it all comes full circle and you're like oh like this is what I'm doing 
this is what all of the the blood, sweat, and tears is for. And you know, you see kids and they're reading your book, and it's just it's unbelievable. It really is. But I love that you you still are like, well, I can't. At some point, I have to get back and draw stuff, but also I have to look after myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and marketing, I feel like. That in the, I just, in the beginning, I was like, well, I don't know like how to like promote myself. And I really don't like, I'm not a fan of social media. And I know how important it is, especially to entrepreneurs and freelancers and, and, and just bringing people closer together, I think, and is great. But I, I think for me, as an artist, something about it like sucks the life out of, out of life. <laughs> so I try to like share and I try to share my personality and my work and, and I'm, I love connecting to other artists and educators and, and stuff like that. Um, but I try to just, again, like limit myself to how much time I'm actually on there. My marketing strategy is to just to keep working. <laughs> and so I really believe that I just, if I just stay focused, the clients and the jobs will follow. I really believe that. I think if I just do what I love and I enjoy the process and I just keep going and I, I try not to focus too much on like a, like, I don't know what trends are or what other people are doing or what other people are publishing or, um, and I'm so supportive of everyone's work and I love every, I love everybody. I love all my friends and I love, um, <laughs> but I really don't. So it, I do this thing where I like, I will, I won't scroll on social media. I'll just like, whatever pops up into like my home, like when I, I'm only on Twitter, by the way. So <laughs> FYI, that's all I can handle. Um, but I just like, I set myself a time to go on, which is like right in the morning, like in the morning, great, I go on. Um, maybe I'll share something. Maybe I won't if it's not, if nothing's popping up in my, in my soul. <laughs> and yeah, I'll just like, I won't, sc- I, I feel like scrolling is dangerous because then you go into like the spiral of like, oh my God, like, this is this person is just has a new book coming out this person like is having a productive day like people show that I'm having a productive day and I'm like oh god I'm not <laughs> I feel terrible about myself <laughs> I'm gonna go back into my closet and cry <laughs> wow you you must be one of the few people in the world who manages not to scroll yeah you realize that right now there is somebody trying to understand the glitch in the system which has prevented one person just outside boston from scrolling in twitter they're like i don't understand we've put all of these resources into making this as addictive as possible and she just and won't she's do it. not scrolling i know yeah i know um, what if it's infectious and other people stop scrolling I too know. i know they're gonna come after me and be like all right this girl <laughs> <laughs> um anyway i just yeah i think just just that uh, it falls along the lines of like t- again like time management and and making sure that your foot like my like making sure that my focus is uh, constantly being like reined in because working from home and being a freelancer like we just have like it's just so hard to just sometimes just to focus you know the ho- if the house is a mess or like there's dirty dishes like I that's a whole nother thing where I'm like I can't start working unless the house is like the house is clean like my space of work has to be like all you know in order before I even begin my day so it's just (laughs) yeah so sorry you have to tidy everything before you can start your day I do 
I really, I do. So even though you have a room that you can go lock yourself in. I know, in. it doesn't matter. It's the fact oh, that right. I, it, the fact that I know what's outside of the room. <laughs> I'm impressed. Well, sometimes I just need to relax though. Like I feel like I, <laughs> I do, I do. You have a dog though, right? I do have a dog, yeah. It keeps me yeah. company. I only saw that because you, you put it on Twitter. Oh yeah, of, um, I know. You, you working on the floor <laughs> with your dog. Yeah, he's always there. <laughs> Yeah, he keeps me company. Um, he makes the job a little less lonely. Right. Yeah. I would like all of the animals. Oh, would you? Maybe a goat. I feel a like a goat. Yeah. Then I could do goat yoga. <laughs> <laughs> I could just, you know, I heard they're very soothing during the goat yoga. Is goat yoga a thing? It is. I'm telling you all. And there's like, I'm a very big yoga person, but there's all. Oh, hang on. Oh, okay, go ahead. Is this because goats love to climb on stuff? So yeah. like you will get in a yoga pose and the yep. goat's instinct is to jump on top of you. Yeah, and apparently that's very grounding. <laughs> it's very soothing. <laughs> yeah, <right>. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they have like cat yoga. There's all, I mean, like there's basically like any. Maddie, if you ever get a goat and you mm-hmm. do yoga with it, please film it. Um, oh, I will. I need, to see. Sure. I need to see just how soothing it really is. I will. Now, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts of Oh, no. To make... To, oh, I'm sorry to put you through it. Well, it's only because, like, I sat for, like, an embarrassing amount of time, like, trying to think of interesting interesting <laughs> facts about myself. Okay. We can so try them. So two true. Yeah. Two true, one a lie, and let me figure out the lie. What have you got for me, Maddie? Well, we'll do jobs. Three jobs that I've had. Ooh. Okay. I've worked as an au pair. I've worked as a clerk in a pet store, and I've worked as a barista. 60 seconds on the Ooh. clock. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> I'm uh, just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Pet stuff. <laughs> pet. Um, you, you worked in a pet shop. Did, was it the sort of pet shop that actually sold animals? Like, did you have to look after that? Like, what animals did the pet shop have? Mm, they were small animals. They weren't, we, I didn't have to look after them, but they had people that were kind of trained. They were small, like hamsters, uh, fish. We had some lizards. And we have gerbils. We had gerbils and, like, I think, like, two bunnies. But it was, like, smaller animals. Then we also sold, like, cat food and dog food. And did you have some sort of uniform at the pet shop? Um, we had to wear – we could wear whatever we wanted, but we had to wear, like, this red little vest and a name tag. A, a with, vest? Yeah, like it – not a – not like – not like air traffic control. You, <laughs> like, you can't see it because it's underneath my clothes. But just no, to let no, you know, no, I'm no, wearing... no, not that kind of vest. I mean, like we all have you a know, vest. <laughs> it was like a canvas type of vest, and it went over your shirt of choice. Oh, okay, and you had yeah, yeah. A name okay. tag. Yeah, like a bib. Sure, like a bib. Yes. Au pair. You were an au pair. What were in my head? Au pairs look after children. Did you look after children, or was it just the house? Like, what was your? Role? I did, and like some minor house duties. So I was an au pair in Ireland. Oh wow! It was right after college, and I looked after three boys. <laughs> they were one, two, and three, <laughs> and it was in. Yep, it was in Cork. Yeah, so I lived with a family, and I kind of just wanted an experience. And I, for some reason, I've always been like gravitated towards Ireland, and and so it was a, if I was going to travel, I decided I should do it. Maybe I don't know. It seemed like a good time. I never got to study abroad or anything like that, so I just. How my... long did you look after that family for? Mm, 
well, I wanted to stay for longer. It was probably maybe like three or four months that I got really homesick. And did you have to look after the kids with the interesting names one, two and three? Yes. Yes, I did. I had to like drive them. The three-year-old like went to preschool. So I had to like, they just kind of threw me into the car. I had to drive them to school on like the other side of the road. I'm like, are you sure you trust me? I'm all like two, like early twenties, like <laughs> just this little thing. Um, but yeah. they, yeah. And they're they- like, if it means we don't have to do it ourselves. Yes, we'll trust you. I know. <laughs> Number three was you were a barista. What was your uniform at the barista shop? Well, I worked at... Coffee shop. Yes, I worked at Starbucks. Um, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so I had to wear all black and an apron. Although during the holidays, it was very exciting because sometimes you got to wear a red apron and that made <laughs> you seem different than everybody else. But now you, I think you can wear whatever you want, which is cool. But when I was working there, I think you had to wear just black. So we had to wear black clothes and I think... no. Do we have to wear a hat? No hat. Um, what was your favorite drink to make? Uh, I liked making, <laughs> I would just like experiment. I liked making like ice, like frozen drinks. And I would just like put a bunch of random stuff in it. And I would. Um, what, like frozen scampi? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> just hopes and dreams and blend it all together. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I think I would make like. That it was at the time, I think they don't have them anymore, but you, the smoothies. But I would like put a banana and like chocolate and in the in sm- in like with some ice, and then also put like espresso in it. So I'd make like an espresso smoothie, like for so I was just like always making weird stuff for myself. Hmm, okay, yeah, you didn't get fired from that job by any chance, um, did you? No, no, <laughs> for poisoning I, several uh, customers. No, it was for okay. myself, I would do it like for me because you got to get like I think you got to get like a free drink or something um each shift so i would like make random concoctions and be like this is weird or this is good do you know the weird thing about this each of these sounds true and yet each of them sounds like a lie i'm prouding myself because i am taking an acting class so i'm really trying to hone my (laughs) acting skills right now so if i fool you i will be so happy Um, okay, the au pair. I mean, the au pair, uh, I don't mm. know. I mean, people do that. People do people do that. Do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you do that? It was, I, I find it unusual having a one-year-old, a two-year-old, a three-year-old. <laughs> that, that bizarrely makes me think that's not true. The pet shop, again, plausible. Uh, I like the, if you were making it up on the spot, I do like the the red bib vest apron barista you've if this isn't true you have thought a lot about the old starbucks uniform. <laughs> yeah however i'm not convinced that a place like starbucks would just let you loose to make whatever the hell you wanted like it was george's marvelous medicine <laughs> and so part of me wonders whether that's maybe just a dream of yours like you've oh. stood waiting in line at starbucks maybe. and thought huh if i worked in starbucks i would do this <laughs> Pet shop, au pair, au pair, but au pair, you said, ah, oh, I don't know. Okay, I don't think the au pair is true. Is that your final answer? Yes. Okay. Uh, it is true, actually. <gasps> I know. <laughs> I did, yeah. And they really were one, two, and three. Wow. I know. No wonder the parents needed help. I know. <laughs> and you wonder why I didn't stay very long. <laughs> See ya, I'm going back to the States. No, just kidding. They were a very nice family. But okay, yeah, you weren't is... a barista. You weren't a barista. 
That is also true. I was a oh, no. I know. I totally got you. I'm so happy. I'm just, I'm freaking out in my closet right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got, yeah. So the, I've never worked in a pet store before. Do you know what I, I, I nearly asked? I didn't. Mm. I was, no, I was going to ask you what the pet shop was called. Oh, and I, I had a, I had a, I, I was prepared for that if you did. Oh. I know. I was ready. What was it called? <laughs> it was called Earl's Pet Food and Supplies. <laughs> Amazing. You see, no, if you'd have said that, I would have still thought that was true. You are I a know, good liar. I know. Sorry, actress. <laughs> I'm an, yeah, an actress. That's right. I'm ready for the, I'm ready for all of the, the backstory. Yeah. I was ready. <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing, so you're doing acting lessons. I am. So as part of, <laughs> to try and balance my life. Um, I'm trying to do some things that get me out of the house and that just are fun and let me play and kind of like contribute in a weird way. It's like to my art making and my writing. And yeah, so I've been taking some acting and improv classes and it is so, it's so fun. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That whole thing of getting, of having a hobby. Yeah. And I'm like, it's so weird because like once your hobby becomes your profession, it's kind of like, there's sort of like a sad sadness of like well what do I do for fun (laughs) Mm. you know um yeah yeah yeah. so it's kind of and this is taking me I'm still kind of learning how to like do more of this in my life to just like play and and you know and get myself away from my desk to to keep the creative fuel going so yeah I've been doing that and also I'm in yoga teacher training I'm almost done actually wow yeah I don't know if I'll teach but I've always wanted to be certified so once I get those goats, man, <laughs> it's all going to happen. <laughs> well, you you could become like some sort of online goat drawing superstar. Yeah, that's where I'm headed. It's very niche. I like it, it. is. Goat girl. That's going to be me. GG. <gasps> yeah. Hashtag. This next book. Hashtag okay. goat girl. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? I would tell myself that it's not going to be easy and it's going to be really hard. A lot of it won't make any sense. Um, I would tell myself that I'm going to question if I'm doing enough or if I am enough, if, if it's all enough. And I would tell myself that it's more than enough and that I am, I am going to do it. And yeah, that I'm here to tell my younger self, little Maddie, <laughs> that, that you'll be more than enough. So. Oh my god! <laughs> Tear. Just kidding. <laughs> Maddie, it's been so nice. Oh to speak my to you. god! Thank you so. This is so exciting. It was my first podcast. My dreams have been made in the closet. It's been amazing. <laughs> Thank you so you much. Go to beingfreelance.com. As ever, there are links through to everything that our guests are up to, which means you can check out Maddie's work. You can go buy her book for your kids. Follow her on Twitter as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, you know, you never know because she doesn't scroll. One day she might <laughs> magically read your. One day tweets. I might like your tweet. I know. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I it really might just do. happen to yeah. be on the screen <laughs> of the five that are there. I the love um, is there. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, all of the links to all of our guests are at beingfreelance.com. So go take a look there. Also, while you're there, there is that Christmas gift list is there, and um, very soon indeed we will have episode two hundred as well. So wherever you get your podcast, if you've enjoyed this, please make sure you hit subscribe. Maybe consider leaving a review telling other people about that as well uh then yeah anyway that's enough from me 
Maddie, thank you so much and all the best being freelance. Thank you so much, Steve.